We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Friday, March the 25th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. And on today's show, Billy Derrick of The Door Report joins me to talk everything Vanderbilt Commodores, including their new rebrand, this weekend's baseball series at Founders Park. We also talk some football as well. Really great conversation with Billy of The Door Report. Guys, we got a fantastic show here on this Friday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by the Spurs Up Show Store. Guys, TSUS.Store, the best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet. Be sure to head over to TSUS.store for all of our latest drops, including t-shirts, tank tops, pullovers, hoodies, long sleeves, koozies, stickers, flags, you name it. We got it. Everything to satisfy your Gamecocks merchandise needs. So again, that's TSUS.store. TSUS.store, the best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet. Let's get it. Up show. Very excited. We're switching things up a little bit here on a Friday. Of course, in the spirit of South Carolina Vanderbilt this weekend at Founders Park, I thought, what better way to ring in the weekend than bring someone from, from the Vanderbilt perspective? And that's exactly what we are doing today. Billy Derrick of the Door Report does a fantastic job covering the Vanderbilt Commodores. And Billy, I appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, we talked over the football season. I want to start here, by the way. And I hope you don't take this as a slight because it's not meant as such. But as we were talking off the air, I went to Knoxville, Tennessee last weekend for the South Carolina Tennessee Baseball Series. And, of course, none of us like Tennessee here. But either way, <laughs> went up there. I will say the folks of Knoxville were very gracious, really, really cool people. But I actually met in person for the first time in our crew of dudes. There was a Vanderbilt fan. And I have to be wow. honest, that was the wow. first time I had ever met a Vanderbilt fan in person before. <laughs> I wasn't even sure they existed outside of you guys. <laughs> he actually even wore to the Sunday game. He wore black 
pants that said Vanderbilt football on them. I was like, wow, this is wow. a legitimate That's like bold. Vandy fan. So cool. That's stuff. By the way, Billy, I, 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 I like it. I appreciate you taking the time. Man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for doing this. Chris, what a story. I, thanks for having me on, man. And, and uh, you know, you talk about the Tennessee atmosphere and SEC baseball, the way it's been growing. They're, they're getting there. But I know we talked before it kind of kind of makes you feel appreciative of what you guys have over there at Founders Park. And uh, I know Vanderbilt people love love going air over there and watching games over there. So it should be a fun one this weekend uh, in, mm. in Founders Park and uh, two traditionally really good SEC programs. And uh, we got a good one tonight on ESPN, too. So mm. uh, I think these are the kind of games that uh, will continue to showcase college baseball on these big time networks. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Now, before we get into the baseball stuff, though, Billy, let's talk about the real reason I brought you on the new logo. What, what what's up with the new logo the v now they're kind of oh, trying to incorporate man. the star v i know like I, I don't know if vanderbilt twitter is like a big thing but like just all of college sports twitter has been reacting to this and i'll tell you this i really felt like the star v like the old one was sneaky one of the better logos in the sec and now vandy's doing this like complete rebranding thing like What's your take on it? What do you think of the new logos and how do what, what do you feel like the pulse of Vandy fans is? How do they feel about the, the rebranding, if you will? Chris, this is woken up Vandy Twitter. I mean, they, <laughs> they, 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 they have come alive out of the closets and it feels like everyone, every Vandy fan on Twitter ha, has, has become active after this because, you know, even uh, Jim White, he's covered the Titans for, uh, for a long time and he rarely ever tweets about Vanderbilt. He actually quote tweeted uh, the, the main Vanderbilt tweet about the new logo. They posted about a two minute video of going back in history and, and wanted to, to bring a new energy to, to mm-hmm. campus and kind of connect the academic and athletic side of it. Uh, and Jim White basically just tweeted, he said, I'll stick with the star V. Because, you know, Sneaky, like you said, that's one of the better logos, and it's kind, it's kind of iconic because they, they've stuck with it. Uh, obviously, they, they're, they're going to stick with it, but they've got that, they've got that new V where it's yeah. – uh, there was a joke on Twitter uh, that uh, from, from somebody tweeted at us today. It said, well, I, am I fat shaming if, uh, if I said the I, I like it? I like the skinnier one. Um, and it just, look, it, it just looks worse. And, and, and I don't understand why they had to change anything about the logo. Um, it's like South Carolina – going to a basic S or an SC changing everything that they've already had. And and this is the one piece of tradition that Vanderbilt had the star V and they've talked about taking pride in the star V and yes, it's not all the way gone, but I don't think anyone understood this logo change other than the ideas within the program. And it was not taken lightly at at all. I mean, it it was, it was, you know, review awful reviews throughout Vanderbilt Twitter and it woke them up for good reason because there's zero reason to do this um, and I think there's all all the time we've got logo changes that fans are not happy about but I think this one took it to another level of what was wrong with the other logo and you had other you had a national accounts tweeting about it from Barstool and, and all types of old row I think tweeted about it so this got national attention and I think that's part of the problem Because Vanderbilt, the the university and the athletic department, it feels like in the past couple years under the new regime, a lot of the things they've done have been simply for attention. I mean, what that 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 feels like an attention grab to me that Mm -hmm. the new logo that basically looks like a ripoff of Villanova and Virginia. (laughs) And, you know, you look at that logo, you don't think Vandy. Somebody said it was the top half of the Xavier X. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Xavier, I I don't know if you saw the uh, the quote tweet of them. They said uh, you should have stuck with the old logo and they made it into an L of the new logo. And I mean, they've got Xavier. you know, barking at them after the, after they beat them in the NIT last night. So mm. 
it was not taken well, Chris, and for good reason. And so we'll see how it is incorporated into the uniforms and into the the fields. I mean, I can't imagine uh, seeing that V in the middle of Vanderbilt's football field or, or even in the outfield of the baseball field. And I know a lot of baseball fans in general uh, love the, the the strong Vandy V that they yeah. have, this the skinnier version, and that's what separated Vandy. Uh, but now you've got people and even recruits that might look at that and say, hey, uh, you know, what is that? Is that even Vanderbilt? I mean, you know, am I, am I, you know, where, where am I going here? Where are they going with this logo? So not taking well, Chris, uh, but we're going to have to kind of wait and see to see how this is incorporated into uh, the Vanderbilt branding. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm just looking at the Vanderbilt baseball Twitter account. They've already updated like their profile yes. picture to the new. Are, are, are Which, we can are we confirmed? Like, are the jerseys going to be? updated for that, this weekend i guess we're gonna know in a couple hours but i mean not the, not not this weekend but they're, this they're weekend. saying okay. they're saying okay. fall of 2023 oh okay uh, they when they're gonna be incorporated completely... in yes in, into the new uniforms so of football i'm guessing will will utilize that v and you know i guess the baseball team after that fall season leading into that spring uh but man it, i think the main thing is why change yeah. well, you know what why change and so that's i think where a lot of vandy fans are right now yeah i was gonna say i see you rocking the polo with the the traditional i guess you yeah. could say star I mean, do you, this, do you think this, you do you think you'll go to you think you'll get the merch with the new V on it or no? No, no, I, I don't. I don't, Chris. <laughs> I I feel bad for kind of the sales when whenever they start selling a lot of yeah. this gear because I don't think any Vanderbilt fans are going to buy it. I mm-hmm. really don't. Uh, other than the people and the coaches and the players within right. the program, I feel bad saying that. But uh, you got to believe there's even some coaches and players that that were confused by this, you know. And yeah. and, and you know Vanderbilt said they they went through the fan council and and some coaches and players and uh, me and my co-host Will joked about it, saying who agreed to this. Uh, and so there's a lot of talk about it, Chris. But at the same time, uh, you still got a really good baseball program that yeah. that continues to win. So that's kind of what a lot of Vandy fans are are, are uh, hang, hanging their hat on right now. Yeah, I would say hot take. I think within five years, Vandy goes back. I, I think the, I think the the uproar will be so negative that Vandy goes. That's back. that's what I, I don't know. I, I I just it feels like it. I, I don't know. It just that's you know. what I almost I almost started thinking about that. Like, at what point does Vanderbilt just? You know, go so you know what we made a mistake. Thing. You know what we messed up. We messed yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, because of all this uproar on Twitter, and you know they're seeing it. They're they're they're, they're oh, seeing yeah. this. Twitter Twitter runs the 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 world basically right now, especially mm-hmm. the sports world, and they're seeing all these. And and you know, I think a lot of Vandy fans were hoping they'd wake up from a bad dream or something. And and you know, maybe it was an early April Fool's joke or something like that. But it ended up not being it. So, uh, but yeah, Chris, I agree. And and who knows? Maybe it does change. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, but uh, there, there were a lot of unhappy Vandy fans. No, for sure. Billy, let's get on the field. Obviously, again, this three-game set at Founders Park. Um, taking a look at Vanderbilt and the statistics, you know, we post a graphic uh, before the series, each and every single series, statistical comparisons. I'm not sure if you saw it on social media, but obviously Vanderbilt is extremely impressive. I mean, you look at their record, they've won 17 in a row, and the numbers back it up, hitting 328 as a team, a 2.11 team ERA. Just give us sort of a high-level overview for those who obviously haven't watched every single game of Vanderbilt baseball. I mean, the Doors are ranked fourth in the country, again, 18-2 and two overall, swept Mizzou the first SEC weekend, again, won 17 straight games. Um, has there been anything specifically that has stood out? Has it been just sort of ho-hum, business as usual, that's what you expect? Uh, like I said, just a high-level overview of the season for Vandy to this point. 
Yeah, Chris, there were a lot of, I think, question marks about uh, the pitching staff with uh, no more Kumar Rocker, no more Jack Leiter. And I know you Gamecocks fans remember the no-hitter that Jack Leiter threw, <laughs> yeah. obviously, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So uh, there were questions about that, and, and deservedly so. But Vanderbilt has has bounced back well from that. Chris McIlvain, a guy that was in the bullpen, mm-hmm. is now their ace right now, their Friday night guy. He's pitched really well. They've got a young kid out of Georgia, Carter Holton, mm-hmm. uh, freshman who has stepped in here, leads the SEC in strikeouts. So their pitching staff, as it usually does, hasn't really taken a step back, and they've got a lot of depth in that area, but they've also, on the hitting side of it, Chris, as you mentioned, with the batting average uh, up there at the top of the SEC, and, and they haven't really taken the step back that I think some pundits had had expected. Not that it would it would have been a huge step back if, if you know, without Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter, but the defense has also gotten better, and mm-hmm. they've won 16 in a row after, ta- after losing the Oklahoma State series. Like you said, they outscored Missouri 28-6. to six. I know it's Missouri but whenever you put up that that kind of run run uh, you know outing it's always going to be received well uh, but the only thing with this team right now Chris I would say they played 15 of their 20 games at Hawkins Field and now they're going into let's you know let's admit a tough atmosphere at Founders Park and in, in Columbia and and we'll see how this team is able to respond um, but you know I've been really impressed with a lot of the young guys too Davis Diaz a third baseman who has stepped in there as a freshman and played really well of course Enrique Bradfield Jr. keeps doing uh, what he does and they've kind of figured figured out a, a lot of stuff in the bu- in the back end of the bullpen and they've also figured out uh, some positions defensively that I think were also uh, up in the air so uh, I wouldn't say ho-hum but it is kind of that that classic top five Vandy team that is is likely an Omaha team uh, but again it'll come down to uh, what can they do offensively because they didn't do enough offensively last year obviously they, they advanced into the national uh, national championship final with Mississippi State but uh, they made errors they made a ton of errors and and they they were striking out a lot so I think defensively the errors and then striking out a lot is what some fans were interested to see and Vanderbilt has been able to get it done both ways Uh, like you said they're second in the conference in both batting average and ERA and they've got still one of the most efficient pitching staffs in the country they've got a 284 strikeout to walk ratio Uh, so they haven't really taken that step back that I think some pundits I know Vandy fans didn't really expect expect a a step back but there were some national pundits I think you know let's see what we got Mm -hmm. let's see what this Vandy team brings uh, with Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker gone and they they've bounced back well from that they're still figuring out their third starter uh, and that game three guy I know South Carolina has their three guys ready for this weekend Vanderbilt has yet to announce that uh, that game three guy. We'll see if it's uh, Nick Maldonado or a guy like Hunter Owen, a, a younger guy who has kind of stepped into that role. So we'll see. But uh, but yeah, Chris, I, I would say this season has been kind of that that classic Vanderbilt team where they're not uh, undisputed number one in the country, but they're definitely one of the top top tier teams in the country and obviously in the SEC. And we know in the SEC, you, you can be a top five team in the country. But, you know, that may not mean you're the best team in the SEC. You're still just a top five team in the SEC. So uh, the, the conference keeps getting better and better. And I think Vanderbilt has done a, a pretty good job under Coach Corbin in his 20th season, which has been mm-hmm. kind of uh, incredible to see that and to hear about that. And and he's still going strong uh, at that old age of his and, and staying, staying energetic. But, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of that's kind of been where Vanderbilt's at. And they're still a top five team, uh, but it, 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 this is this is the stretch where it starts getting a little bit tougher. Where you go on the road in South Carolina, and then you and then you return home for and what should be an electric series against Tennessee next mm-hmm. weekend in Nashville. So it's going to start getting a lot tougher uh, because they haven't played uh, the type of competition that that they're going to see in the SEC. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the SEC is a gauntlet as we all know. And in, in Nashville, you guys 
reload, don't rebuild. I would ask you again, the starting rotation, it's crazy because I think Vandy last year for the most part was also TBA on Sunday, which is what I tried to tell people in the preseason. It's like, you know, even even some of the best teams in college baseball, I mean, finding three quality starters, it, it isn't the, you know, it, it's not as simple as some may think. But again, like you mentioned, the one-two punch of McIlvain, Holton, I, mean, I think Holton's a fantastic pitcher. Mm. Both these guys with ERAs and the twos, they're a combined 7-0 and o. How would you stack it up to? I mean, I, I'm not sure anybody. I mean, I think that was probably one of the better college rotations we've seen or one-two punches with with Rocker and Lighter. But how would you stack those two guys up with the rotation that Vandy featured last year? Yeah, obviously, you know, it's hard to it's hard to uh, replicate what Jack Lighter and Kumar Rocker did last season. I mean, what they were able to produce at, at the SEC level was pretty incredible. Um, but Chris McElvain, a guy that was in the bullpen last year, and he's a local Tennessee kid. So I think Vanderbilt fans have been <clears throat> excited uh, to see what, uh, what he brings. And then Carter Holton, you talked about it. To be a freshman in the SEC and play the way he has, leading the conference with 45 strikeouts, I mean, he, he's, he's kind of a, kind of a sunny, sunny Gray type of guy. He's gotten Sunny Gray comparisons except from that left side. Sunny Gray was a guy that liked to work quick, and Carter Holton likes to work quick as well. So, obviously, I mean, you got Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter back there last season, and Jack Leiter has kind of has kind of turned into what or Kumar, Carter Holton has kind of turned into what Jack Leiter was last year. And then Kumar Rocker, you talked about him last year. I mean, you're starting to see kind of the same stuff from Chris McIlvain this year. So there hasn't been that drop-off that I think mm. some Vandy fans had expected to see. And that's great news. That's great news for Corbin. Great news for, for their pitching staff. But also to have that pitching staff backed up with that offense obviously makes them an Omaha team, I think, mm. this year. And, and who knows what happens in Omaha. That makes it all – you feel like there's always four, maybe five SEC teams in Omaha every year. So, uh, again, Holton has been, I think, the bright spot of this team this season. I think a lot of people expected uh, to see what he's doing right now. But, man, I mean, as a freshman, 45 strikeouts, he's been pretty incredible. Yeah. And then offensively, you know, Billy, you look at this Vanderbilt team. And, again, I, I've never really thought of Vandy as – an offensive juggernaut. I feel like, again, just from the outside looking in, I feel like most people, when they look at Vanderbilt baseball, they think of Vanderbilt baseball, they think dominant pitching, great defense, and enough offense to get the job done. But I tell you what, a guy that uh, I, I'm really impressed with, and I think certainly, I think of him as one of the best players in all of college baseball, Dominic Keegan. I mean, hitting 426, five homers, 22 ribby. Um, again, I, I think you could really argue him as one of the most important pieces to his team in college baseball. What he's done in Nashville has been nothing short of phenomenal. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, he, he's, he's been there a while. He's kind of the, the, the veteran in the lineup right now. He can hit it out of any, every part of the park. You've seen a lot of opposite field home runs from him, not just last year, but also this year. I think kind of the improvement for him was hitting it out on the left side and hitting those pull, some of those pull home runs. Uh, he, he's, he's just a great hitter. He's not just a, a power guy. I don't know if you remember Aaron Westlake uh, mm -hmm. for Vandy. He was, you know, he was hitting, you know, 20 home runs, uh, you know, that I think he hit 20 his last year at Vandy, uh, but he did kind of have that strikeout problem. You don't see that with Dom Keegan. I mean, if he if he's hitting 426, you know, he's not striking out a lot, leads the team in RBIs uh, with 22. He's already got five bombs. So uh, this is the kind of guy, Chris, like what you said, without him in that lineup, they're not the same. They're just not. South Carolina has that guy for their lineup. 
Tennessee, LSU, Ole Miss, everybody's got that guy in their lineup that is irreplaceable. And I agree with you. Dom Keegan has been that guy for Vanderbilt this year. And when he's on, it feels like everybody kind of rallies around him. Like when he, he gets a base hit, he gets a double, uh, hits one out. It's okay. This, this Vanderbilt lineup has woken up. So uh, he's been really impressive. And it feels like him coming back this year was kind of a tone setter for this team. You know, you see guys a lot of times in baseball uh, different than basketball and football where they want to come back. They want to mm-hmm. come back, take their team back to Omaha. And there, there is kind of that chip on his shoulder, I think, after after how it ended last season. And he was kind of the the, the catalyst of, of bringing more guys back. And, and I'm, I'm sure he had conversations with uh, some of the other older guys that might have been thinking about the draft and saying, hey, let's come back and, and, and do something here. So I totally agree with you. Dom Keegan in that lineup, you could argue he's one of the best hitters in the SEC, but you know, not just a power guy. He's a guy that'll that'll spray it around the field. He could hit one out just just uh, just inside of the right foul pole, but also just inside of the left foul pole. So he mm-hmm. he's as versatile as it gets in the country. Yeah. Now, one of the other notable players for me, at least on Vanderbilt's roster, uh, Enrique Bradfield Jr., twelve for twelve in stolen bases. And oh, by the way, he's hitting three thirty eight. I'll ask you this. Is there anybody in college baseball that can throw this guy out? Because I'd probably argue he's maybe the fastest guy in the sport. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why catchers even try anymore. <laughs> I mean, the guy is a lightning bolt. I haven't seen a college baseball player like him in a long time. And, I, you know, I, I'm kind of a, a newer college baseball fan. Of course, Vandy's always been good, but I really started getting locked in and watching, you know, in the past five, six years, and especially at Vanderbilt. I think you look at Tony Kemp, uh, maybe, and mm-hmm. then they had a, a guy, uh, Roe Coleman, who was also really good on yeah. the base pass, but he's different. And, and, you know, he, he steals bases and, and when he gets on base, the whole game changes, you know, when, when you're that pitcher on the mound, I don't envy that guy. When, when Enrique Bradfield's on the base pass, uh, we were talking to Rhett Wiseman on our podcast a couple of days ago, former Vanderbilt Commodore national champion. And he talked about the threat of the steal is just as deadly as the steal itself. Mm -hmm. And it really, really impacts the game. He's got a lot stronger at the plate too. He's a more disciplined hitter. He's also hit two home runs. He only had one last year so that power element that he's added has also made a difference and it it really helps out the two-hole hitter davis diaz i mean uh rhett also said when he had him on the podcast that that that's the best spot in this vanderbilt lineup to hit because you're behind enrique bradfield who almost every (laughs) time finds a way to get on base um and his home run versus missouri was his 1000th career hit not a thousand yet uh it's crazy it's crazy to see that since he's only a sophomore it's only in year two and he's still a young guy he's still learning uh, how to play in the SEC and, 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 you know, be aggressive. So perfect 12 for 12. I imagine him to, uh, he's going to be really aggressive, especially, uh, you know, they they love playing in these kind of atmospheres. They love playing, you know, parks like South Carolina's Ole Miss, Mississippi state, the the electric environments that you have. And so he's going to be fun to watch all the way throughout the season. And yeah, I, I I don't envy a catcher trying to throw that guy out. It's, it's nearly impossible. Yeah, certainly I got to keep an eye on this weekend. Billy, for Vanderbilt to make a run to Omaha, through Omaha, into a national championship potentially, what's the one thing you think the doors need to lock in on? Is there something right now you've seen through the first 20 games or so that Vanderbilt, uh, if they're going to get the job done this year, that maybe either has to be shored up or just, just has to be a point of emphasis going throughout the season? 
Yeah, Chris, I'd say I'd say the strikeouts, uh, you know, you've seen a little bit early on in the season where Vanderbilt will go in a slump for three, maybe four, even five innings. And, you know, you've got half, you know, half or even more of those at bats are strikeouts. And, and so I think that that was the issue last year as well, where this team, they go on those those droughts of just not being able to get anything going offensively. And it was due to a, a really good pitcher on the mound. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, I, I was going to say pitching, but with this Vanderbilt team, and you know it, Chris, there's usually not a big drop off for pitching. So the right. pitching's going to be there. Obviously, you want to have enough depth in the bullpen. I think they do have it. Uh, so I would, I would say strikeouts, Chris, but also that figuring out uh, who's going to close. And Thomas Schultz is a guy that already has four saves. It feels mm-hmm. like Coach Corbin likes him in that closer role. Uh, he was a starter last year, so it's been interesting to see kind of the shuffling going on for Tim Corbin and that pitching staff. Uh, but when you're striking out at, at the clip they did last year, it's just tough to it, it's tough to win in the SEC. They still found a way to win a lot of those. They had a ton of low-scoring games where Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter would only give up one or two, and they'd find a way to get one more run than the other team they're going to have to improve at the plate and their plate discipline I think they have uh, but you know they've got to continue to do that because if they continue to to strike out at the rate they're doing right now it's not a massive problem right mm-hmm. now they, they've gotten a little bit better with it uh, but I'd say the strikeout problem uh, as as it is for a lot of teams and when you're facing the pitching in the SEC Chris it's 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 tough it's yeah. it's the best conference in the country and it's it, it has been I would say their Achilles heel this season uh, but they've got guys one through nine in the lineup that have gotten better in their plate discipline uh but i would say the strikeouts of course for this team if they can keep that number down uh, i think they've got as good of a chance as anyone to win 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 the whole thing yeah you talk about the pitching it's funny because we're coming off that tennessee series and and their rotation's been phenomenal and they got a guy throwing 104 miles an hour so i mean that's tough what other conference what other conference has a guy like that it's just unbelievable um billy this has been incredible man i appreciate your time before we get out of here though i have to ask this is the first time you and I have conversated since the football game back in the fall. <laughs> I, I got to know what in the world is going through your mind. Oh Zeb Nolan gosh. comes in. I mean, in the Gamecocks, we talked about it that week. You know what I mean? It's, it's never too early, too late, whatever. It's never a bad time to talk football. We literally talked about it that week. At some point, Vandy's going to beat South Carolina. South Carolina always just somehow finds a way to escape the jaws of defeat against the Commodores. But, I mean, that really was like, that topped it all. That topped all of them. I mean, South Carolina, yeah. I was in this. I stayed till the clocks at zeros. My buddies, believe it or not, I was with left that are actually former players at South Carolina. They're like, we can't bear to watch this. And I had, I was sitting in my seat like, okay, I've accepted that Vanderbilt is going to win this game. And I was, I was stunned beyond belief. I can't even imagine, sir, what was going through your mind watching Carolina. I mean, again, it's still I look back and I'm like, I can't believe South Carolina won that game. Oh, I mean, same here. I, I was I was absolutely stunned. Zeb Nolan, give all the credit in the world to that guy. I mean, that that drive was unbelievable. I will say, uh, Vanderbilt played probably the the worst defense you could at that time. But you still got to give credit to the quarterback that got that done, Zeb Nolan. And, and yeah. for Vanderbilt fans watching that game, I think there was that pit in the back of their stomach, even though they took the uh, took the lead there. There's still, what was it, I think a minute, a little mm-hmm. over a minute, yeah. minute and a half maybe remaining. And as a Vanderbilt fan, you know, you look at that game and say, okay, something's going to happen here. Something's mm. going to happen. You're going to something weird is going to happen. You've seen that happen before, and it, it did. And, and so I, I I was surprised to hear you say that, even though uh, even though South Carolina was down, 
you're playing Vanderbilt, a team that, boy, if they could have gotten that win, I think the whole season would have changed. The whole oh, yeah. for, for both sides, for both sides. Yep. Yeah, and and the, you know we talked about that too before the game. We said whoever wins this game is going to have that extra edge that they need down the stretch of the season. And what a finish for South Carolina! I thought uh, Shane Beamer did a great job with that club down the down the stretch of that season. And you know you could tell that that Vanderbilt win, no matter how they got it, did a lot for that program and and for the psyche. I think of the fans. Uh, even though they probably weren't uh, feeling great after that <laughs> win, uh, I think it did a lot for, for them. And it also did a lot for Vanderbilt on the negative side. Like that yeah. was kind of the game that Vanderbilt ha- thought they had. They should have won. They were good enough to win, but they couldn't get it done. And so that's kind of where Vanderbilt is right now. That they, they, they just kind of similar to basketball the past few years. They, they yeah. were able to get, to get over that winning hump and finding ways to win and, and learning how to win. And I think South Carolina was just ready to do that. And they did it. They had a little bit more talent. And they had a guy by the name of Zeb Nolan, a guy that was a, a, a manager. Was he a manager? He was a great yeah, GA, GA, yeah. yeah. GA runs on the field and, and, and beats you. So credit to that guy. I don't care what kind of defense was playing. He still had to go out there and beat Vandy. So uh, crazy. It feels like something weird happens every time Vandy, South Carolina get together on the football field, no matter, no matter how good the either team is. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely insane. Like something scripted out of a movie. It felt like yep. that night, but either way, again, we got plenty of time to talk football again, obviously, Billy, we appreciate your time. Definitely going to get you back on, but again, he's Billy Derrick of the door report. Let everybody know, by the way, Billy, where they can find you guys work. Obviously you guys do a fantastic job uh, covering Vanderbilt. Yeah, our Twitter, at door underscore report. You also got us on Instagram, door dot report. You can listen to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify and Google Podcasts, wherever. I'm sure the, the same uh, platforms, your podcast is available. And, you know, we're still working on the website a little bit, working on the YouTube. But uh, for Vanderbilt fans, even some South Carolina fans, we like to, to have you on when we preview the Gamecocks. So uh, that's where you can listen to us. And uh, I'm looking forward to tonight, but also the rest mm-hmm. of the series. A game on ESPN2 tonight, Chris. I think you'll have uh, Tom Hart and, and Kyle Peterson on the call yeah. so it should be a, a hopefully we get great weather tonight in, in columbia and uh again appreciate you you having me on chris for sure he's billy Derrick. i'm chris so appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll catch you next time on another episode of the spurs up show Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.